0: We are back. This is the Detroiter, folks. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. Welcome back. Presented by the second string, thesecondstring.com, soon to be Detroit Sports Nation. Appreciate everyone being here. Dun, 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 dun. Sad fucking day. If you bleed green, you live in East Lansing, you're a Spartan, you have an uncommon will. It's a sad day for that uncommon will. It's one of those days that when you think about having an uncommon will, there's not too many where you really need to tap into it, right? It's like Batman. It's like Superman. There's not too many days you need to go around flaunting. Hey man, I'm a superhero. I can lift a fucking 16 wheeler and throw that thing a mile. There's not too many days you need to go showing that off. Kind of how today is. With the uncommon will, the Spartans will, you need the Spartan will today to just make it through, to just get out of bed in the morning, to eat breakfast, to not be a dick or mean or sad to everybody you come in contact with, to, to force yourself to drink some water, to force yourself to eat two square meals. It is a day where you need to tap in to the deepest depths of your being, of your soul, of your heart your determination, everything that makes human beings great, everything that gets you going, everything that lights you on fire, you got to tap into that, not because you're excited and you got to do this next great thing. You have to tap into that merely to survive. That's where we're at this afternoon, this evening. MSU loses a heartbreaker to Duke. Um, I don't know where to start. It's been a day. I'm recording this Monday night. It'll come out on Tuesday. So by the time you're hearing it, I'll probably even a little soften up a little, even a little more, even. Um, I i I've, I'm a day removed. I'm like 24 hours a little more removed right now. Fucking hurts, mate. It hurts, brother. I just it sucks because we knew going into the game. NSU's the underdog, obviously. They've got Paulo Banchero, they've got Wendell Moore, everybody else is awesome on that team too. That Williams dude was sick, that Keels, that other guard, nasty felt like everybody on their team was just really good at basketball. I'm sure they were all like top 20 recruits, so that adds up. I'm sure they'll all be in the NBA at some point, so that adds up. Um, Michigan State, on the other hand, not everyone was a top 20 recruit. Um, Not everyone's going to go to the NBA. As a matter of fact, I don't really know who will go to the NBA. I guess Max Christie eventually, certainly not after this year. We knew we were outmanned a little bit. We knew we were outmatched skill-wise, talent-wise, obviously hype and ranking-wise. But when you get Michigan State and Duke together, you get Coach K and Tom Izzo in the storyline. Coach K, potentially his last game, will it come at the hands of his good pal Tom Izzo, another legend in the game? Like What a, what a little notch in Tom Izzo's belt. Oh, by the way, you've had a legendary career and you retired Coach K. That would be a, a vibrant feather to have in Tom Izzo's cap. And that thing is chock full of feathers already It working on his neck every time he wears that thing out in public it's got so many feathers in it i know the circumstances were tough and i don't think many michigan state fans i think we all believed i certainly did dude going into that game going into tip off i was like why not 2019 we weren't supposed to beat them guess what we did they had two or they had three top five picks top four picks something like that in 2019 we weren't supposed to beat them we did Yeah, we had Cassius Winston. Yeah, we had Xavier Tillman. Yeah, it was a little bit of a different team. That was a Michigan State team that kind of always felt destined for greatness. Like, we had the expectation behind them. Where on this hand, MSU this year kind of, you know, fizzled out a little bit in the last half of the year. Didn't have the Cassius Winston. Didn't have the Xavier Tillman. Didn't really even have an Aaron Henry. Didn't have one go-to guy where it's like, hey, you know what? If all else fails, if we're struggling – At least this guy can just do his thing. At least we can say, hey, go, Aaron, go get us a bucket. Hey, Cassius, just be Cassius. We didn't have a guy like that. A.J. Hogard was awesome. He made some plays that kind of felt special in the moment that won – where the pass got tipped into the backcourt and he picked it up with like seven seconds and somehow got to the rim and finished an absurd layup with his left while he got fouled. They didn't call it though, of course. It's Coach K's Blue Devils. Of course they didn't call it. That play felt special. Tyson Walker hitting the step back three. That felt special. Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham hitting some massive threes when it was like, we're we're fighting to hang on to like keeping it within six points. That felt special. A.J. Hogart a few different times, honestly, in the lane felt pretty special. Like MSU kept on making plays when we absolutely had to have them. And I think that's the other thing that makes it so tough. Like if state went out and we're just down 10, 15, the entire game, and it's just clear, like, ah, you know what? These guys have us beat. That's one thing. Like the Miles Bridges freshman year when we played Kansas and it was like, all right, let's see what these kids can do. We certainly have some talent on the squad. You never know. It's March. Kansas was loaded, but we had some guys. We had Miles Bridges, we had Cassius Winston, we had Nick Ward Langford, all these guys. And then that game, it was kind of like, oh, yep. Well, you know, they are just way better than us. We're not going to win this one. That's fine. We'll get them next year. This game, it was just so close the entire time in every single instance where it felt like, uh oh, Duke might pull this thing out a little bit here. Duke might extend this to double digits. They might leave us in the dust. Uh Uh-oh, Duke, if they get a bucket here, it's going to be tough. Every time State got down nine, eight, seven points, where it started to get to that territory of, like, hold on to your butts because this might end up not being so close, every time we got to those moments, somebody made a play. Gabe Brown hitting a three off a screen. Max Christie with back-to-back huge jump shots. A.J. Hogarth getting into the lane and getting a bucket. Marble picking up an offensive rebound and putting it back. Every time MSU absolutely had to have a bucket or what felt like had to have a bucket, at least for momentum purposes. Obviously, you always want to score points. That's how you win the goddamn game. But at momentum-wise and just feeling like it, we still were within striking distance and still would have a chance to win it down the stretch – Every single time, State answered. And for a few minutes there, the second half starting to wind down. We're getting down to crunch time. Seven minutes on the clock, six minutes, five minutes on the clock. Tyson Walker hits that three. All of a sudden, Michigan State, we're up five with like four and a half minutes left. In that moment, I was convinced State was winning that game. In that moment, I was like, this is it. We're, we're going to win this game. Yes, it w- there was still a lot of game left. Yeah, five-point lead's nothing, especially in college basketball, especially in March, especially with a team like MSU. And we've seen them do shit all throughout the season where it's like, probably should have won that game, probably shouldn't have blown that lead, probably should have not have felt safe with a five-point lead for sure. But it's March. They got to that point, right? They had a five-point lead on Duke late in that game on a Duke team. They shouldn't have had a five-point lead at on where they did. It felt like these guys are going to get it done. These guys have played their balls off. People are making shots when they need to make shots. Listen, they're doing as best they can on defense, and Duke made some unreal shots. That's really what it came down to. I thought State played really well overall. I thought the defense was good. At some point, it's like, you know what? Joey Hauser's probably not going to guard Paolo Banchero. Like, uh, sorry. Yeah, he had a few layups down the stretch. Like, he, he's just, Joey Hauser's not going to guard him. I don't know what you want to happen. Um, I'm not sure what Tom Izzle wanted out of that matchup. Hauser had a great game against Davidson for sure. Don't hate playing him. He's a three-point threat. He was hitting against Duke. He was hitting in the tournament. He played pretty well both nights, but then it just comes down to the talent. It comes down to a guy who might be the first overall pick in the draft going against Joey Hauser, who's not going to play professional basketball after this season. He's going to make some layups. He's going to hit a couple contested shots. Like, it just is what it is. Hoopers get buckets. Paulo Banchero got his buckets. He was making tough shots. Every time he pulled up from three, that's a win for State. I'm sitting there fist pumping like this guy, this 6'10", 250 guy with Joey Hauser and Malik Hall on him is deciding to pull up for three. Yes, that's Tom Izzo's wet dream, and he made a couple of them. What are you going to do? Paulo Banchero is going to just take a pull-up two with a guy's hand in his face. That's their offensive possession. Yes. That's a victory for Michigan State. That is the ideal scenario. Same thing, 2019. Little guy named Zion Williamson. He did that a few times where he's pulling up for three or he just takes like a contested post hook. It's like, dude, that is the dream if you're Michigan State. If you play Duke and Zion Williamson is hitting threes, you play Duke and Paulo Banchero is just hitting threes, well, you know what? You're probably not going to win that day. When the Milwaukee Bucks play teams and Giannis is making a rain that night, like you just aren't going to stop him. You're not going to stop him, and you almost certainly are not going to win. That's kind of what happened to State. They played really well. The offense was awesome. I felt like they took pretty good care of the basketball for the most part. The Max Christie turnover at the end was was devastating. Um, just picking up the dribble. Why? Give up your grandmother before you give up the dribble. And in the past, I've said it how many times, how many times between the TikTok, between the podcast, how many times this year have I come on and said, I don't understand MSU's infatuation with seeing their teammate. Hey, I might pass it to this guy. And then the opposing defender is directly between myself and my teammate. Yet they decide, you know what? I'm going to throw this pass anyway. Maybe it'll just go through his hand. Maybe he's a phantom. Maybe he doesn't feel matter or atoms. He just – there's some weird scientific reaction like a human black hole that not even Sir Isaac Newton would understand. But maybe, just maybe, even though my guy is 100% clearly covered, if I throw this pass, it'll somehow get through anyway. They've done it all year. They've been obsessed with it all year. And Max Christie let that habit get to him in the most crucial point in the game. I think State was down three. It's like a minute and a half left. He threw that pass to A.J. Hogart. He picked up his dribble. He didn't call the timeout. He was in a bad spot. He said, you know what? I don't care that that Duke guy's standing fucking directly in front of me. I'll throw this pass anyway. It led to a Duke. Uh, I think they got fouled in free throws. And that was pretty much it. When that play happened, it was like, all right, that might be it. And it was. So they played really well. They limited the mistakes until that one. Like Obviously, you're going to make mistakes. There were other turnovers, but that was the critical backbreaking mistake. They did a good job taking care of the ball for the most part otherwise, which they never fucking do. I mean, if you told me MSU is going to play Duke and we're going to make threes and we're not going to turn the ball over, I would have said, oh, we'll probably beat them. We will probably beat them. At the very least, we're going to have a great chance at it, and they did. They did have a great chance at it. They were right there. They almost pulled it off. Almost doesn't count for Dick, but they were there. And then at the end of the day, Paolo Banchero decided, oh, wait, you're Joey Hauser, and I'm the number one pick, so I'm going to just make some ridiculous shots. Fucking happens. That Keels dude was like, oh, wait, I'm going to just not miss one single three. That happens. That other dude was at number 21 was like, yep, yeah, I'm just going to make every single shot I take two. That happens. That number 15, Williams, is like, I'm going to get every single rebound and dunk every single time. I'm near the hoop. That happens. When your bigs are Joey Hauser and Malik Hall, that happens. I thought Bingham was good when he was in there. I thought he protected the rim as best he could. He had a couple block shots. He even made a couple threes. Thought Jaden Akins he had a clutch three on the step back when we needed a bucket. Max Christie, like I said, despite the turnover, had a couple big shots. Joey Hauser had a three. Gabe Brown was hitting for the first time in so long. It feels like we haven't seen that Gabe Brown, where every time he's loose off a screen and there's not a guy within a foot of him, he's pulling and he's hitting. Tyson Walker got aggressive when we needed him, too. He had like eight or nine points in the last few minutes. Step back threes, getting into the lane. The one huge three to put us up 78-75. The three that I thought, when Tyson Walker hit that three... I was sitting there like, yes, we're going to win this game. I can't believe it. That's the Kenny going shot. That's the Kenny going shot of this team. He made that three. He just stepped back and just watered a three to go up when State hasn't had the lead like the entire second half. We're going to win this game. And then they didn't, and that, that's the soul crusher. That's the soul crusher. You lose 10 points, you lose 15, you're down the whole game. It's a wire to wire. It's obvious. From the very beginning, you know what? We're just not going to play with these guys. Or it's one of those state games. Nobody's making shots. We're turning the ball over where it's like, hey, we're just not going to win today. We could be playing Oakland, and we wouldn't win today, let alone Duke, let alone a team chock full of NBA guys. But they didn't. They played well. They made shots. They made big shots. They swung momentum when they needed to. They withstood runs. They played down nine. They kept in it. When they were down, they kept it close, and when they got the opportunity, they struck back. They took a lead late in the game, and then they fucking disappeared, dude. That five-point lead disappeared before I could even blink. Brother, that five-point lead disappeared quicker than you can say lickety-split on a Ruby Tuesday. I mean, it was there, and then it was down five. That's what's devastating. And it's devastating, too, because no more March Madness for us. No more Michigan State. I can't go through this week all walking around the office. Hey, you see that Duke game, Michigan State? How about that? Hey, play again this Friday. Hey, boss. I'm not going to work for two and a half hours probably on Friday. Yeah, I'm just not going to work because there's a game that I need to watch. I'm going to go into one of the break rooms. I'm going to lock myself in there, and nobody fucking bother me. Nobody even dare email me because I won't respond. I don't care for the next two, two and a half hours on Friday. I am thinking Michigan State basketball. I don't care about anything else. The building could be on fire. I don't care. Lock me in. I'll go down with the ship if that means Michigan State moves on to an Elite Eight. I don't care. That's the other bummer. It sucks that we lost the game because it would have been awesome. Who doesn't love beating Duke? Who doesn't love winning games in general? Who doesn't love making the Sweet 16? But then it's like that's the best part of March Madness is that the whole week leading up. You have the nerves all week. You're feeling good all week. You're still kind of reminiscing like, damn, remember Sunday when we beat Duke? Remember when Tyson hit that three? Remember when Marcus Bingham swatted that off the back? Remember when A.J. Hogarth chased that dude down and pinned it? Yeah, it was a foul, but who cares? Remember when A.J. Hogarth picked the ball up in our backcourt and flew down the floor and laid it up with his left? Do you remember that? Oh, what a great game. What a great win. Do you remember when Tom Izzo was the one who knocked Coach K off in his final game? Oh, as an underdog, as a seven seed against the two, against another first overall pick potentially? Oh, and then it's. And then I get the best part is we got the Sweet 16 this weekend. I get to wake up on Friday knowing we have a great day ahead. I'm going to be wired off of the idea of Michigan State playing basketball for the entire weekend. You don't get that feeling anymore. That might be the most depressing part is I don't get another week of buildup leading to Michigan State. I don't get another weekend of just pure angst and feeling like I'm going to puke, but I also want to stressy and I want to drink beers, but I'm so tired and hung over. My brain's going a thousand directions. But all I can do is drink beers and get excited and be nervous and bite my nails and watch basketball. We don't get another weekend of that. And March Madness is a magical time. I forgot about it. Like every single year, once March comes, I'm all in. That first weekend hits and it's like, this is actually the greatest tournament in the history of sport. This is the best weekend, I think, in the history of sport. But then throughout the entire year, throughout the entire basketball season even, I'm never really like, oh, I can't wait till March Madness. I enjoy watching the regular season. I enjoy watching Big Ten basketball. And I know March Madness is there. Like, I'm excited. And then tournament time hits. And even the weekend before, with MSU playing as well as they did in the Big Ten tournament, I started to get gassed up. I'm starting to go, whoa, all right. Like, if these are the guys that show up, the tournament, we'll have a chance. We'll win a couple games or at least we'll be capable of winning a couple games and it was the same team and they did it and you get so fired up for that short time frame and you feel like it's right there. You can reach out and grab it. I can feel Coach K's beating heart in my hand as I throw it on the ground and spit on it. No disrespect, but fuck Duke and it's just gone in the moment that I can feel the I can feel the life force of Duke basketball and Duke fans everywhere just I can feel us draining the life force from them as soon as that that feeling sets in it's gone and I'm the one without a life force I'm the one a dead body on the floor of the bar people are kicking me like dude are you all right do I need to call an ambulance? I'm like, guy, I'm fine. I just got my heart ripped out of my chest by no one less than Duke. Just leave me alone. I don't care if the floor is sticky. I don't care if people are trying to walk through to go to the bathroom. Michigan State just lost. I don't care that I can't lay on the floor at a bar. I don't care because Michigan State just lost in March Madness to Duke in a game that they were right in at the very end, in a game that I thought I genuinely did believe They were going to win and they had it and they lost it so quickly before I could even order another beer before I could even go take a piss. They had it and they lost it. That's what's devastating. And it's sad that there are guys like Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, Joey Hauser that probably won't be back. who knows? Maybe I think Gabe said, Oh, we'll gear up for next year. So he might be back. And it's sad that those guys are gone. And it's usually more sad. Like, when Cassius Winston was done, it was like, fuck. Cassius Winston's done, dude. Like, it's bad enough that MSU lost and MSU's season is done, but then you think about the seniors. Like, Gabe Brown, if he doesn't come back, like, I'll be kind of bummed. That guy's electric. He, got, he had a couple fast breaks against Duke where he just hammered time, watching him throw it down, knowing he can just knock a three down from anywhere. Knowing he can swat something off the glass. Marcus Bingham, knowing that when he's on and when he's locked in, he's just a force to be reckoned with in the paint. No layups are getting up around him. When Joey Hauser's clicking like he was against Davidson, it's magic, dude. It's magic. It's a feeling that nobody would expect and nobody ever wants to let go of. And knowing that they're moving on, that's a bummer too. Knowing that Coach Izzo just got a year older. Bummer, too, because there's nothing I want more than for Tom Izzo to get his second. Because how does he not have a second? And there's nobody that deserves a second more than him. Eight Final Fours, and he only has one Natty? Do you know how ridiculous all these Michigan fans, and I don't want to make this about Michigan versus Michigan State. Dude, I don't give a fuck. We'll talk about Michigan. Congrats. They beat Tennessee, a team they shouldn't have beaten, a team I don't think anybody expected them to beat. Great win for Michigan, and we will talk about them. All these Michigan fans, though, love coming out of the woodwork. These same Michigan fans that a week ago were like, we got to get rid of Juwan. It was a fun experiment. He can recruit, but he can't coach. Let Phil Martelli handle the team for the rest of the year. These fucking clowns. These same people are coming out. Why is it Izzo? Why is it Izzo March? He can't win in March. Do you know how ridiculous eight Final Fours is? Like, do people understand how insane that stat is? Up until I think it was the 2018 year. If you went to Michigan State and you stayed four years, you were guaranteed to make a Final Four. Do you know how absurd that is? Like, it is the March Madness is the best for a reason. This tournament's incredible for a reason. We have mem- memories burned into our brain for a reason. It is so difficult to win in March. It's so difficult to win one game, it's so difficult to win two. Like, the Sweet 16 is an accomplishment. Do you know how ridiculous it is to make the Final Four eight times? Making the Final Four one time is like a career maker for guys. That's enough to get you any job you want as long as there's an opening. Eight times, dude? Do you know how absurd that is? Eight. And he's not Coach Cal, getting fucking Under Armour and Adidas to swing guys' checks to come wear uh, the Kentucky Blue. Who knows what Coach K's doing? There was the whole Zion probe he got paid. Whatever. I'm sure everybody's paying everybody, but you never hear a peep about little old Tom Izzo. You never hear a peep about Michigan State. Byron Bowen, I think that was his name, Byron Bowen, Bruce Bowen's kid or nephew, something like that, the kid who went to Louisville and had the prostitutes and took 100K. He was looking at MSU. He said, Tom. Louisville's going to give me a hundred grand. He wanted to come to state. What are you going to do for me? Tom said, Oh, not shit, dude. I'm not even going to offer you a scholarship. See ya go to Louisville. You'll love it there. Eight final Fours. He's not bringing Derek Rose. Oh, randomly Derek Rose isn't out of the clouds, deciding to come to Michigan state eight final Fours. People say what you want about Tom. Yes. He hasn't won a national championship in 22 years. That's a fact. Do you know how insane it is, insane it is to go to eight Final Fours? And the other people, oh, it's what about national championships? He doesn't actually win anything. He just goes to the Final Four. Bro, quit acting like people don't celebrate Final Fours and College Hoops. Honestly, Final Fours are like, they're not national championships, but they're a massive celebration. Have you been on a college campus when a team makes a Final Four? It's mayhem. You would guess that they won the national championship because there's 160 NCAA schools. One of them's going to win. And if you're not Duke, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Kansas, Michigan State's probably in that category, although we haven't done it in a very long time. If you're not one of like 10 to 15 schools, you realistically – pretty much have no shot of ever winning a national championship. That's why you celebrate the final four so hard. That's why you hang a banner because it's an impossible task to begin with. And then the fact winning a national championship is that much harder. Getting there is difficult enough and then winning it that much harder. So quit acting always washed up. This guy's been to more final fours than the rest of the conference combined. Okay. He's been to more final fours than the entire Michigan basketball program in its entirety. Okay, so spare me with the Tom Izzo's washed up. Why do they call him Mr. March? Because he's been to eight final fours because he's in the tournament every year, because he's got a seven seed team with no real star player, no real backbone or leader, a team that looked like garbage two weeks ago. And he is putting the fear of God into Coach K and Duke with five minutes left in that game. That's why he's Mr. March. That's why he's Tom Izzo. And if you don't think he'll be back one day. If you don't think he'll be back to another Final Four and he'll be back in that national championship and he'll cut those nets down once and for all, you've got another thing coming. I'm telling you, Tom Izzo will rise again. He will get it done again. Michigan State basketball, we are a powerhouse brand. Maybe we're not Kentucky. Maybe we're not Duke. Maybe we're not Kansas. Fine. Michigan State basketball is an entity. Tom Izzo is an entity. He's a legend of college basketball. He will be back. He will win that second national championship. I promise you that. So enjoy yourselves, Michigan fans and other fans alike. Have fun dancing on the grave, rightfully so. Do whatever you got to do. I don't fucking care. We're out. I don't care about college basketball anymore. Just know as much as you want to make fun. Oh, why is he Mr. March? You fucking know why he's Mr. March. Deep down in your heart of hearts, you know exactly why. He's Mr. March, because every time that calendar flips and you see the green and white on the schedule, you get a little nerve, not like you do against other teams. Purdue comes to town, sure, it'll be a good game. Sure, they got a good squad. It's not like when Michigan State shows up in March. Coach K, Duke, you think they were happy when that draw came out and they saw they'd have to play us in the second round? You think they were throwing a party in Durham? Yeah, we got Michigan State in the second round. No. Coach K was probably like, God. Commit, dude. Like we are the boogeyman in March. Underdog? Yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's the boogeyman when you're a one, two, three seed. When you've got a great team and you've got great players, of course no one wants to play you. There's only one of a kind. There's only Michigan State. When they're a seven seed, they're an eight seed, they're a ten seed, and they show up on the schedule in March, yeah, you should beat them. Statistically, you should beat them. Based on how the season went, you should have no problem with them when Michigan State shows up in March, there's blood in the water. We can smell it. There's fear. You don't want to play Michigan State in the month of March. You don't want Tom Izzo game planning and coaching against you in the month of March, with or without a guy like Cassius Winston. You don't want to see the Spartans in March. Sure, we're out. No Sweet 16 for MSU. That sucks. The number one overall pick beat us. He was hitting absurd shots, and we still had him on their ups. Fuck. Sucks, dude. That's March. It happens. That's the thing. That's why it's a great tournament. You're going to play five or six great teams along the way. You might lose, dude. That's how it goes. So have fun dancing on the Grays. But always remember when you're getting off that, why is he Mr. March? He hasn't made a sweet 16 in three years or whatever. It was 2019. He was in the Final Four. People acting like the last time he was in the Final Four was 15. Bro. It was two tournaments ago. Before this year, the last time they played a tournament. Or is it the last time he played a tournament? No, 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 because the last time was last year. So this year, the one before, the year before that, they're the tournament before that. He was in the Final Four. He beat Duke with Zion and Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett. So don't don't act like it's, oh, he hasn't won since 2000. Oh, he, he hasn't done anything since 2000. no, 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 no. He's a contender every year. We are the, the, for lack of a better term, the blue blood, blue blood of the Big Ten. Michigan State is the class of the Big Ten. You come into every Big Ten season, sure, Illinois might have a good team, Wisconsin, Purdue, Michigan, for sure. Michigan State, we, it, it, we're the Super Bowl in the Big Ten in basketball. We have the target on our back every year in basketball. We set the standard. We're Michigan State. That means something. Coast to coast, north, south, Michigan State basketball, it means something. It's a brand. You do not want to fuck with us in the month of March. So Tom Izzo, get the jokes off. He will be back. He will be back. And as much as you want to joke now, as much as you want to make fun of him and dance on the grave, just know the next time Michigan State shows up on your favorite team schedule in March, I know you'll be quaking in your boots. I know you'll wake up in a cold sweat. You'll be fucking checking your back every five minutes, peeking around every corner and every nook and cranny, making sure the boogeyman Michigan State isn't waiting for you to snatch your soul out of you. Because we will rise again. We will be back. I was proud of the game. I thought State – that's like the worst part about it is I thought State played super well. I guess it's less frustrating. That's why I'm – I'm not angry about it. I'm more just like sad, just bummed, depressed because they played so well. They made so many big shots when they needed to. They did – they had the iconic moments, the Hogard layup, the Tyson three, the Hogard block. They had the guys, the junkyard dog, Hogarth. They didn't give a fuck. Bingham didn't give a fuck about Paulo Benchero. Nobody did. Joey Hauser didn't even care. They were the underdog. They were the scrappy. Nobody picked them, and they were right there. They had them on the ropes in Coach K's last game. When you know, I mean, we picked up three fouls in like three seconds at one point. It's like, that's weird. You're telling me they're not just trying to get Duke to the bonus? That's Please explain that. Three fouls in three seconds. Please explain that, NCAA. But, you know, it is what it is. It's Coach K's farewell tour. Of course, he's going to get calls. Just bummed out because they played so well. But I'm proud of them. I mean, it was a great game. They did us proud. They did. It was an awesome game to watch. Michigan State, Duke fan, or otherwise, great game to watch. It's why March is awesome. It was back and forth. They gave them a run for their money. Sucks that it's over. It sucks that I have to wait until September to watch Michigan State play anything again. It sucks that I have to wait five months to text all my friends and go, hey, State play Saturday, what should we do? It sucks. Okay, we're back. Michigan beats Tennessee. Now, full disclosure, I only got to watch the first half of this game. I went back. I watched the highlights. I followed along on Twitter. I was reading everything. I read a bunch of shit after the game. For all intents and purposes, big Juwan Howard game. Huge Juwan Howard game. And I already hashed over this a little bit in the first segment talking MSU, but all the Michigan loonies out there. Oh my God, we should let Phil Martelli, the Juwan experience, it was fun. He can recruit. He seems like a good guy. We should let Phil Martelli take control of this team the rest of the way. He's a good recruiter, no doubt. He just can't coach. This is Phil Martelli's team. I mean, can you believe that people like that exist? And I'm sure it's not the bulk of Michigan fans. I'm sure. Because you'd have to be a moron. think that but the fact that i log in after the big 10 tournament showing that they had which no doubt was terrible losing that game to indiana that's a bad loss for sure to have the nuts the brains if you want to even call them brains if they qualify legally as brains to say we should let phil martelli be the guy jesus christ man it's like i i want to be happy for michigan fans I mean, I, I don't even know if that's true. I wanna I wanna be positive and be like, yeah, cool, good for Michigan. I have Michigan friends. Anybody who live or is from Michigan or went to Michigan or Michigan State, you have friends at Michigan, you have friends at Michigan State. I wanna be happy, right? I wanna be like, congrats, dude. You get another weekend, you get all that great stuff I just talked about, the stuff that makes March Madness the best. But then it's like, I I know. That people literally, I don't know, six days ago, five days ago, probably 10 minutes before tip-off against Tennessee, were sitting there, Phil Martelli should be the coach. It's like, God, it makes me, it, it like makes me resent them winning. It's an issue. I don't know if it's a toxic trait. I don't know. I don't know if I need to look inward for something like that. I don't know what it is, but I'm sitting there like, this guy just made absurd adjustments. They beat a team they shouldn't have beaten. They beat a team nobody thought they would. Um, And there are people who are sucking this guy off right now, which you should be, rightfully so. It was a great Juwan Howard game. It was a signature win for him. Coaching to the maximum, doing exactly why you brought him in, exactly what he's paid for. That was shitty phrasing. And there were people like, I know, 10 minutes before the game, talking about how he shouldn't be the head coach. And they're fans of the team. He's coaching. And now they're the same people celebrating Juwan Howard, Juwan Howard. Like, oh, it just irks me, dude. It just irks me. I don't know. I don't know how to get around it. I don't know how to make the feeling go away. I don't know how to put that deep down and just be happy. Hey, congrats, Michigan fans. You pulled a hell of an upset. It was a great game. You won a game you shouldn't have. You're why March is awesome. Michigan winning that game is why March Madness is the best tournament. They shouldn't have won. Massive underdog, 11 seed. Tennessee beat down the SEC this year. They're awesome. They're a favorite for a lot of people. They're so athletic. And Michigan went out and beat them. They made second-half adjustments and beat them. That first half didn't look great, especially near the end. It was like, oh, Tennessee's starting to wear these guys down a little bit. I don't know if Michigan can hang around for a full 40. They did it for the first 10, 15. Can they do it for a 40? Uh, It's not looking that way. And Juwan figured it out, and they did, and Dickinson dominated. He used his best player to the maximum, which is, you know, uh, what you're supposed to do as a coach. You have a great player. Okay, make sure he's in great spots to be great. That's coaching 101. There's a free tip for you. Use that in your kids' rec leagues or whatever. (sighs) And there's people saying, oh, Juwan, he shouldn't be the guy anymore. Like, please. And those are the same people. Tom Izzo's washed up. Tom Izzo doesn't know what he's doing. Shut up. Shut up. Okay, negativity done. Good for Michigan. Unreal win. Like I said, unreal win for Juwan, especially because I don't know – I mean, he obviously hasn't been there very long. And then the suspension, and then Phil Martelli goes three and two, and then he comes back and loses that turd to Iowa, or Indiana, excuse me. And then all of a sudden, it is a little bit like, uh, I'm obviously over here making jokes about Juwan being a bum, about Phil Martelli being the actual true coach at U of M. Of course, I'm making jokes. But it was a big win for him, I think. For more rational fans who were never saying, oh, we got to get him out of here. But I'm sure there were fans like, Dude, this guy – like, we we just lost to Indiana after a suspension, after Phil Martelli just went 3-2, and and now we got to go play Tennessee. I don't know about that. And the Colorado State win was great, for sure. Colorado State win was great. That was an upset. They've got some guys. That was a good win. Huge win, though, I think, just to steady the wave for Juwan make sure nobody with those doubts with any scent of like yes he can get guys here yes he's a phenomenal recruiter but can he make those adjustments he sure he can outcoach bad teams sure he can outcoach middle of the pack teams sure he can maybe even outcoach good teams here and there throughout the regular season can he outcoach great teams in March when it matters most and he proved that he could because that was a game of adjustments that win was single hand the players obviously making shots playing That win was Juwan Howard changing his strategy. That win was Juwan Howard seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work, figuring out how to put his players in their best possible position so they can go be good players and make shots and play defense and run better sets, whatever. That's Juwan Howard. That's halftime. That's coaching. That's why you get, you know, that's why Tom Izzo's Tom Izzo, right? Winning games you shouldn't win. Doing things where it doesn't look so good, and all of a sudden you come out with the win. Juwan Howard did exactly that. Michigan beat a very good Tennessee team, and a lot of state fans. The fu- but on both sides, dude. The bickering between MSU and Michigan fans, especially in March, it's like, dude, Michigan State lost, which sucks. Michigan won, fine, whatever. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm ecstatic. Michigan won. I don't. That's great. I don't really care, to be honest with you. But the people out here, like. Oh, Duke is so much better than Tennessee. Michigan got so lucky. Bro, just save it, dude. Save it, bro. They're an 11 seed, and they just beat. Was Tennessee a three? Save it, bro. I don't want to hear. Duke is so. Duke has a number one pick. That's so unfair. We had to play them. Fucking save it. I don't care to hear that. And I cannot stand Michigan fans, of course, always do that. They're notorious in football. Oh, it rained two days before. That's why Michigan State won that football game. But now I'm seeing Michigan State fans, like even in my comments, going, we had to play Duke. That's so unfair. Of course they beat Tennessee. Tennessee's actually not that good. Tennessee's good. That was a great win by Michigan. They deserve all the credit in the world. I don't want to hear about Duke being better. I don't want to hear how unfair it is we had to play Duke and Coach K. I don't want to hear any of it. Michigan won a game that they should not have won regardless. Michigan went in as an underdog. They didn't look great in the first half. They were getting beat in the first half, and their coach did a better job than Tennessee's coach. Their players did a better job than Tennessee's players did, and they won the game. And you knew Michigan was capable of it too. I said it before the tournament. What are the expectations for Michigan? It's tough to sit there and say beforehand, oh yeah, I could see them in the Sweet 16 after they drop that game to Indiana, right? I mean, on what basis? Juwan's first game back, they lose. They lay an absolute stinker to like not a great team. I'm supposed to sit there and go, well, they have Hunter Dickinson, so they'll probably make a Sweet 16. They were always capable of it, but I don't think anybody projected it. I don't think anybody expected it or believed it. Rightfully so. How could you? Why would you? But you knew that they had the talent. I said it before Colorado State. Didn't know much about Colorado State. Obviously, they were a higher seed. Michigan, you know they have talent. You know Musa Diabate is an animal, can be an animal. You know Caleb Houston is a good basketball player. You know Eli Brooks is a good basketball player. You know Hunter Dickinson can single-handedly dominate games. Yeah, they had an up-and-down season. Yeah, they barely made the tournament. Yes, they're an 11 seed. Yes, 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 yes they still have all of that potential lying dormant on the floor. Very similar to where Michigan State was. Michigan State turned it on a little bit sooner in that Big Ten tournament, and they rode it out, and they played great against Duke. Michigan played great against Tennessee. Tennessee didn't play as great, and Tennessee got beat. Plain and simple. And Michigan was always going to be capable of playing with anybody that they saw because they have a guy. Like Hunter Dickinson, who can go toe for toe to toe with anybody in the country. They have a guy like Eli Brooks who has been there before, who knows how to win these big games, who knows what it feels like to get down in a big game and weather the storm and keep your composure, who knows what it takes. You got to make big shots, you got to play good defense, you got to take care of the basketball. You have two freshmen who now have a full season under their belts in Diabate and Houston. Frankie Collins as well. He was awesome against Colorado State. You have guys like that who now have 30-something games under their belt, who now have spent an entire, not I don't know, year season with Juwan Howard and the coaching staff and those other guys like Dickinson and Brooks. You have guys that have their undeniable talent who can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the country. It was always possible for U of M to win that game. It was always possible for Michigan to go to the sweet 16. It's very possible that they could beat Villanova and make an elite eight. That's all 100% possible, purely based on the talent that they have purely based on the experience that they have. Juwan Howard has been there before they were in the elite eight last year, right? They lost that heartbreaker to UCLA with some great players on that team, which I think maybe, Is the beginning of where the Juwan, is he that great of a coach? Actually X's and O's thing kind of stemmed from with losing. What was UCLA like a 10 seed, 11 seed themselves and losing that game and kind of crumbling at the end with Franz. Michigan. And and in the month of March, anybody can, uh, can win any game. St. Peter's, we're seeing that with them. Anybody can win any game in March. And then you throw in the fact that you have top end talent with those freshmen, with Dickinson, with a guy like Eli Brooks, with a guy like Devontae Jones, with a guy like Frankie Collins kind of coming into his own before your eyes. It's always possible. They just had to go play their best game and give themselves a chance. And what happens very frequently is you play that best game. And when you're playing these other elite teams, because really after the first round in March Madness, whoever it is you're playing is going to be a very good basketball team. You got to play your best game. You have to make your shots. You have to step up in big moments and weather runs and give yourself a chance at the end. And then, you know, whatever. It's kind of like a coin flip. Michigan State fell on the wrong side. Michigan fell on the right side. And that's just the way it goes. So credit to them. Credit to Juwan. Credit to Dickinson. That guy's an absolute tank as much as I hate to admit it, as much as I hate to sit here and say it because he's staring at the bench against the MSU, which is fair, but God, do I hate it. He's an animal. Musa Diabate is a freak. I am praying he decides to go to the NBA after this season. Eli Brooks has been there and has done it. Like no matter how bad the season was, that's why they say survive in advance. You just get into March You figure it the fuck out and anything can happen. Oops, sorry. Sorry, I got a candle going over there. (laughs) For those of you not watching the video, I got a candle burning and I, quick little side note, I got a candle. Um, So you know how when the wax gets super low, I can't reach my lighter, my hand with the lighter into the candle. I'm not using a grill lighter. So what I've been doing, a little engineering here, I've been lighting napkins on fire and then sticking the napkins in there to light the candle. Well, the, the napkin was going up in flames there for a second. I thought maybe the flame got out of the candle. My place was going to go up. We're all good. We're all good. All loud and clear. I will say this. I'm going to be very interested to see what happens in this Villanova game. If Michigan wins and they move on to the elite eight, it's going to be, that's like, that's undeniable for Juwan and the program. Because we love the rivalry. talk. Michigan State's better. No, Michigan's better. No, Michigan State's better. We have the banner. Juwan wins again, an Elite Eight, by God, a Final Four with this team, with a team that was dead like a week and a half ago, a team that everybody was making fun of, everybody was clowning on, nobody believed it, to go from that and then losing that game in his first one back against Indiana to a potential Elite Eight Final Four run that would be quite magical. That would be quite special. That'd be something where like, no matter how 20, 30, 40 years from now, we're looking back, like, especially if you're a Michigan fan, like, damn, you remember that 2022 team, the 11 seed who just wasn't that good. And then they beat Tennessee and then they beat Villanova and then they beat whoever was after that. That would be a special team. That'd be like the trice 10 seed Michigan State team where it's like uh, these guys barely snuck into the tournament. And next thing you know, they're in the final four, like, that would be a special, special coaching job by Juwan Howard, which is kind of exciting, just as a sports fan. Um, I love when the rivalry's good. I love when Michigan and Michigan State, when they meet on a Saturday in the spring and the CBS music kicks on, and you know, like we're either duking it out for the Big Ten, we're either duking it out for a tournament spot. Like what the stakes are high, the rivalry stakes obviously high. I love when those two get together and it feels like the class of college basketball. It feels like Duke-UNC and then Michigan State-Michigan. I love that feeling. And I'll tell you this, Juwan winning again, already a little bit with the Sweet 16 appearance alone, winning again going to an Elite Eight, going to a potential Final Four, that would up the ante in this rivalry to a whole nother level. Izzo still searching for that second. And Juwan Howard just did some Tom Izzo stuff. He took a not-so-great team, snuck into the tournament, worked his magic, and all of a sudden he's in the Final Four. That would be a very, very, very special season for the Wolverines. I do think, in a way, it already is pretty special. Like The second weekend is an accomplishment. The Sweet 16 is an accomplishment. It is fucking difficult to win two games in March. It is very difficult to win two games in March when you're an 11 seed, and the second team you see is a three. The second team you see dominated the SEC outside of Auburn. That is a very difficult task to pull off, and they did. You have to give them credit. Michigan State fan, Ohio State fan, I don't care who you are. Jim Harbaugh's nemesis, you have to give Michigan State credit. If you're the Wisconsin coach who got slapped by Juwan, you got to give them credit. They've done a great job. That was a hell of a win. I wish that I knew more about Villanova. All I know is they're Villanova, so that I'm sure they're good, right? They're in the tournament still. They're in the Sweet 16. I'm sure they're going to be a very good basketball team. I'm sure it's going to be an awesome game. I wish I knew more about their players and who their star is and how they like to play. I don't, sadly. I don't know anything. I don't really watch much college basketball unless it's Michigan State, Michigan, or on the off chance, another Big Ten team. Outside of the Big Ten, I'm not really watching. Maybe it's on in the background on a Saturday, but I'm not really locked in. I wish I knew more, but I don't. All I do know is revenge game for the Wolverines from that national championship in which they got slaughtered and, (laughs) sorry, had to, revenge game, high stakes. Two marquee basketball programs. Michigan, you got to believe are feeling themselves more than they ever have. Villanova probably feeling themselves as well. I feel like it's been a, a year or two since they've really been like a heavy, heavy hitter. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Congrats to Michigan, dude. It's hard to win in March and they did. Upsets are awesome. Upsets are why March Madness is the best. You being on the right side of that upset. It's like the best feeling in the world. <laughs> it really is, dude. I still think about. It. I watched the twenty nineteen MSU Duke highlights this weekend. Like that fucking euphoria of going into that game with the nerves and like, man, these guys are good. This is going to be very difficult. Like the odds are probably quite low that we win this game. And coming out with a win, it's like the best feeling on earth. And they did it against Tennessee, and they got a chance to do it again against Villanova. That said. Go Wildcats. I just can't root for Michigan. Sorry. But I am excited to see what happens. I am excited for the revenge game storyline, the NCAA, those fucking beautiful bastards. First they give us MSU Davidson, then they give us MSU Duke, and now they give us Michigan Villanova, those beautiful bastards. I'm excited for that storyline. I'm excited for more March Madness, the tension, the angst. I can't wait to see what happens. If Juwan wins this one, that is a huge win for him and the program a redeemed season if they win absolutely is redeemed can they get it done we'll see all i know is this no matter how good villanova is no matter how many nba guys they might have no matter how awesome they were in the big east this year as long as michigan has hunter dickinson musa diabate caleb houston juan howard on the sideline eli brooks frankie collins Devonte jones As long as all of those guys suit up for Michigan, they are going to have a chance to win the game. They play another game like they did against Tennessee. They were going to have a chance to win the game. Are they up for the task? I cannot wait to find out. Okay, that's all I got today, folks. Have a wonderful week. I think I'm going to do another episode later in the week talking maybe a little Red Wings deadline. I don't even know. I mean, there's no like Pistons news. There's no Lions news. There's no Tigers news. Maybe we'll do a little Tigers preseason stuff, something. I think maybe a shorter episode later in the week. Um, I'll be on the Second String podcast feed this week as well, doing a Batman review, as well as just another random fun hangout topic. Outside of that, that's all I got. Check out the com. Buy some merch. Michigan fans, Michigan State fans, Tigers fans, whoever you may be. Until next time, appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate the support. I will see you guys later this week.